Hey everybody and welcome back to the Strength Faction Podcast. We got a great one for you today. Our very own mentor, Ross Oberlin, is going to be talking to me about a mini course he's got coming up uh, that where he's going to talk about his systems for implementing solid core training in with his clients. He's got clients that are gen pop, he's got youth athletes, he trains them all. It's all very important part of everyone's program that steps into his gym and he's got a good one. So uh, check out what he has to say, then go to www.strengthfaction.com check out our mini courses it's one dollar jump in on the action you get not only access to his podcast i'm sorry his mini course which is going to be live uh, but you also get access to all of our past mini courses which include pdfs of the content and recordings of the presentations so jump on that right now it's just one dollar www.strengthfaction.com that's enough of me Oh, let's hear what Ross has to say. Confidence of a professional stuff, man. Walking the streets, it always smell like an onion. But I got the program, my body, soul, land. Make it strong as the wind in Chicago land. And we're getting stronger every day. We're all in, in the Strength Faction crew. So get your chips and load your hips because the mission is to bring out the best in you, in you, in you. Oh, coming in with the throat clearing. Ross Oberlin, how you doing, bud? Welcome to the Strength Faction Podcast. Thanks so much, Mike. I figured I'd start off with a bang and clear my throat right as the recording started. Yeah, you know, just a little mic check. <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. Hey, listen, I know it's hard to believe, but not everyone listening to this podcast might have the deets on what Ross Oberlin is up to these days. So drop a little knowledge on him. For sure, man. I am uh, proudly one of the mentors in the strength faction. And uh, one of the main things I do right now for members of the strength faction is I run our uh, weekly Wednesday calls, which includes some accountability to make sure all our people are uh, getting their stuff done and taking action steps. And we review the, the lessons of the week. So that's the big thing I do with the Strength Faction. And outside of that, I'm a gym owner. I own RC Training and Fitness in Oak Park, Illinois, just outside of Chicago. And uh, kind of came up through the ranks, started out as, uh, you know, it, uh, like a lot of people, you kind of find your way to fitness, find what works best for you. For me, it was through, uh, I really liked wrestling and competing in MMA. So I got really into strength and conditioning. And uh, I was working in the field of Special Olympics at the time and found Hey, I'm pretty good at this coaching thing too. And, uh, personal training, this seems like kind of the intersection of what I love to do. And from there worked as a personal trainer up to owning my own one-on-one -on -one studio and now RC training and fitness, our current gym, which runs uh, small group personal training for adults. And, uh, we've got youth and athlete programs as well. Uh, and, and it's been kind of a long journey to help build that, that business up and uh, I, I give a lot of credit to the Strength Faction, the lessons that I've learned within the faction, uh, the gym systems group that I'm a part of as well within the faction has all been a big part of helping me really make this a real career, not just something that I'm doing or a side hustle, but this is my full-time career and it's able to help me support a family and do what I love. I tell you what, I could listen to you talk all day. <laughs> Thanks, brother. I appreciate it. Uh, and not only do you train youth athletes, but one of the most dominant 
wrestling yes. programs in the state of Illinois. A hundred. And that's a hundred percent. Yeah. OPRF Oak Park River Forest Wrestling. Um, I tell you what, I wrestled in Illinois and uh, OPRF was never a good time. No, no, it is. <laughs> they are they are a grinder of a team. Super impressive that it's a it's a public school that's able to do that and compete with some of the private schools that are able to recruit pretty, pretty openly to get athletes in. But yeah, a great program and something that kind of fell into my lap through kind of checking the boxes, learning as much as I could about training. And uh, because I had really invested in learning a lot about kind of every facet of training and strength and conditioning, when that opportunity fell into my lap, the kind of coupling of my background in wrestling and my knowledge of strength and conditioning was a, was a natural fit for being able to do that. And, uh, uh, and again, a, a sort of uh, dynamic thing that adds some more variety to what I do, which again makes my job, my career, whatever you'd call it, really exciting because I get to lo- do a lot of different things in this field, and I really, really enjoy that that variety. Well, that's great, man, and and I have no doubt that um, your your talent uh, added to the monsters of wrestlers that they have over there is a great combination. I have no doubt that you've been a huge value add to their program. No, thanks. I appreciate it, man. And I, I also, even though I know quite a bit about wrestling, I let the wrestling coaches do their thing on meet day. So I just get to be the hype man. And I, and I love getting to be the hype man for those kids. Yeah. You paint the face. <laughs> Y'all, you know, shirt you go off. All for it. yeah, you got to go all in. Yeah. You got to get them hyped up. <laughs> That's great, man. That's great. I, I know that you're, you're just a, great positive influence on Thank them you. as well as all your clients man i i uh i i do follow you on the socials and um love the messages the the most recent ads i've seen you do not ads but post uh promoting your fundraiser oh, yeah. with the row machine <laughs> well done yeah, sir. yeah well that was done. believe it or not that was some movie magic i was not actually out in a uh ocean storm but boy i had you believe in it for a second didn't i yeah, I was wondering how you got that thing to float, but <laughs> just hey, just a little I want to talk to. Yeah, there you go. Uh, add that to your your skills yes, list. Yes, sir. <clears throat> I uh, I actually have a target uh, focus that I want to talk to you about today, and that's uh, core training. Yes, sir. Why would I want to talk to you about core training? Well, I th- it may have something to do with the fact that I'm going to be running a mini course in a couple weeks here, and uh, and and that might have something to do with it. And it also might be the fact that I've been around the block a few times and uh, I've kind of been exposed to every philosophy there is on core training and I've come up with a model and a system that I think works well for a lot of people. Well, that's great. <laughs> How convenient, that is, huh? That, is, that works out. That works out. I tell you what, let's, uh, let's talk about why core training is important. Sure, you know. For everybody. You know, the – we kind of, you know, if you've been around fitness for a while or in the field, you've, you've maybe seen philosophies on, on core training, right? Oscillate back and forth from where it was almost like the main focus, maybe at, at a certain point in time. And then the pendulum swung back to, hey, you don't really need to do any core training at all. You get enough of it in with your lifting. And then back to the sort of reasonable middle ground, which is it has its place and it absolutely has some value. And whether I'm talking about a gen pop adult or a athlete, a a big thing is I can use core training to help this person understand stiffness and how to create some stiffness in their body. And for a gen pop adult, that may be valuable just from the basic sense of being able to understand how to 
quote unquote, engage their core and create some stiffness and protect themselves when they're doing, you know, a heavy squat or a deadlift or any sort of a movement like that. And if we kind of take that down the spectrum of more of what an athlete might need to do, now that stiffness is going to relate more to kind of having uh, the ability to transfer power and energy. And so if we look at let's say a baseball player throwing a baseball, they're going to take a big step with their legs. Their hips are going to turn over. Well, what's the next step in that link is their core. And if, and if that's not able to create stiffness, it's not going to transfer that hard turnover of the hips into the upper body where the arm's going to throw the ball. And if that athlete has a weak core, they're going to be really fighting against themselves to produce power naturally and effortlessly. So whether I'm just a gen pop person looking to exercise and be fit, you know, it's fun and it feels good, but also it's going to help me understand how to keep my body in an efficient, safe position when I'm doing more advanced exercises. And for athletes, regardless of sport, core training and having a strong core is going to help with transferring energy, lower body to upper body, upper body to lower body and vice versa. Yeah, I can't help but notice that you didn't mention a six pack once in that. In that, you know what, man? That's that's great uh, that that you bring that up because we're gonna get asked that, right? As as trainers and coaches, we're gonna get asked about, hey, what about the six pack? And uh, and you know, once you kind of start to look at it, if you if you can look at any sort of super skinny teenager, you'll notice they kind of have a six pack, and and even though they're incredibly skinny and not very well muscled, because the actual seeing having visible abs right is going to come a lot more down to body fat percentage and a more physique side of things now of course the musculature of my core and my abs can definitely you know it can develop and build up a little bit but it's not going to grow like my bicep might grow and so absolutely if i'm looking to actually have my abs showing or have them be visible i'm taking much more of an approach that's going to be based in nutrition and sort of fat loss and decreasing my body fat percentage um and that's going to be much more viable for filling the goal i just want to be able to like you said see my six-pack abs yeah that's that's a great point i love it well 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 explained by a true (laughs) professional so let's go back to you mentioned a process. Yes. Right. And and with your with your clients, um, I know you. Uh, you're you're both handsome uh, and laser focused on getting people to move yes. better. Right. So from that from that angle from through that lens, tell us a little bit about your process and how you implement core training to achieve that goal of better movement, more competency, and for the gym. sure, for sure. Yeah, there's, it's definitely not a shotgun or scatterbrained approach. We have to have a, a bit of a process here, and we have to be looking at a few factors when I am uh, assigning a core exercise, an ab exercise to somebody. I can't just pick it out of a bucket. I have to have it kind of placed in a progression regression, and I have to have what am I looking at that determines if this exercise is harder or easier than the others. And I'm going to explain our process, but also I think as I talk through it, it's going to be valuable to anybody because, you know, you or I, Mike, if we talk about the squats that we might program for somebody, we're probably going to have a pretty similar list, right? We're going to have a goblet squat in there. We're probably going to have something that's more of a teaching pattern, maybe something even regress that's going to build strength. And then we might progress to double kettlebell front rack or a zercher squat. You know, our squats are going to look similar. If, if you and I both have a safety squat bar, 
that we probably will list that as one of the squats we would do in, in a program we'd assign for somebody. And if we didn't have that bar, it wouldn't be in there. But outside of the limitations of the equipment we have, you and I probably are going to have a similar list of the squat exercises we might have somebody do. And the cool thing about core exercises is, although you and I might have a similar list, we also might not because if I can follow these principles, I can kind of be a little creative about what ab and what core exercises I'm going to do, right? You, you, you can maybe get a little creative with your squats, but there's kind of these solid squat selections for a reason. And, and that's usually what you're going to find is work best. But as I go through these principles, if you can be creative with it, you can kind of invent or, and you may not be the first person to come up with it, but you can kind of come up with ideas and things to create your own core exercises. So for a coach or a trainer to want to be a little creative, stimulate that part of their brain, um, give their members a little bit of entertainment along with their fitness. I wouldn't try to be real silly with the squat I'm going to program in for somebody, but I might be a little more dynamic with the core exercises I'm going to give them here. So just a little context before I go into these, these things that I'm looking through. So for, wait, hold on a second. I just want to make sure one thing before we yes, move sir. forward. Are are you trying? Are you basically saying that my way isn't the only way? I am. Is that you, what you're saying? You got now? it, man. You got it. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> Let's hear more. So Let's hear more. So when I'm looking at core, I'm going to look into kind of four major positions that I'm going to group all my exercise, all my exercises into into a pool. And I do have a fifth one that I'll kind of acknowledge. So when when we look at our core movements, we're going to look at it as anterior core prone anterior core supine lateral core and rotational core and i say rotational but what i'm really mean for most of those exercises is anti-rotation when i say lateral what i really mean for most of those exercises is anti-lateral flexion and when we're talking about both anterior core versions we're talking about anti-extension or resisting extension so those are the four categories and so a very basic example of a pro anterior core prone exercise would be a plank i'm in a plank i'm on my forearms my abs are helping me resist gravity and prevent my hips from falling to the ground if my hips went to the ground i would be in too much extension so i'm resisting extension in that position and if we go into kind of more of the specific examples, which I'm happy to do, we can talk about kind of what we're resisting. So I've got my positional categories. So again, I'm not randomly picking. Is this person going to get an anterior core prone, which could be a plank? It could be a body saw. It could be an ab wheel. Are they going to do an anterior core supine? Uh, that could be a dying bug, a kettlebell dying bug or a, a sort of any sort of a hold in that position, a McGill hold if you, if you like to do those. Uh, and the other exercises with rotation and lateral flexion could be a side plank. So I've got my four sort of categories, and now I'm going to say, okay, I've got some exercises that I'm aware of, that, that I've seen, that I know, that I like to plug in here. How do I determine which one's heavier or easier? Or how would I make an exercise heavier or easier? So the first thing I'm going to look at when I'm, when I'm determining a core exercise is, before this person even begins, I just want to make sure we can get into good posture or good position. And so that means our, our, our spine is not in too much extension or too much flexion, right? It's, it's in a sort of neutral or in the middle position. My pelvis isn't kicked way out into a position. If I'm doing a plank, my I'm not slung down between my shoulder blades. I've got a good degree of protraction and I'm holding that. 
all these sort of base things because a cue that you gave me a long time ago, Mike, that I, that I still use to this day is point your belt buckle to your chin. Now, I like that, right, because it's an external cue. I'm not telling them to do something within their body. I'm taking some external anchor points that they can now orient within themselves. And so belt buckle the chin is a great one. It's going to prevent me from going into extension. And before I start any exercise, I want to make sure the person's comfortable with this because whether it's a plank or a physio ball rollout or a body saw or an ab wheel for all of those exercises, keeping their belt buckle pointed to their chin, not letting their hip go into a bunch of anterior pelvic tilt essentially is going to be crucial for any of those exercises. And so I want to teach that sort of posture and position stuff up front because it's going to apply to literally every exercise in this progression list that this person does. I love that you bring that up because Rebel Strength and Conditioning, my brick and mortar shop a couple of years back, the, the first moves, movements, or the first things that we taught were uh, we taught squatting pattern, we taught, taught a deadlift pattern, and then we taught the, the plank. And people always wondered why we taught planks. And I said, well, because you're going to be doing that in almost everything that we do yep. here in the gym. So I need to see that you could do that. Um, real quick, let's jump back to the belt buckle yeah. thing. Uh, that reminds me, I haven't gotten any royalty checks yes. from you. Uh, well, lately on you that know one. how it works so... in the fitness industry. You give somebody credit two times and then it's yours. And I already referenced you way back when. So <laughs> that's my cue now. I was just being nice about it, if I'm being honest with you. Just, oh, just okay. letting you know how All that right, goes. Yeah. Um, yeah Point 100%. taken. All right. Let's so proceed. If let's we've proceed. established that, and that's that's the big thing, and that's why it's so important up front because – like, here's the thing, man, if I can teach and I'll keep on the topic so I don't jump around of, of the sort of anterior core prone stuff. So let's say, let's pick these four exercises that I'm going to progress somebody from a plank to a tall kneeling physio ball rollout to a body saw to an ab wheel. Those there's more exercises in between there, but of those four exercises, that's how the progression grows. That's the most basic to the advanced. And again, there's a bunch more in there. All of those exercises need that. And I'm going to cue when you're in the plank in a static position where it's not dynamic, there's not a lot going on. That's my opportunity to cue you into this good position and make sure you understand it and make sure it's locked in. Because as soon as we go to the next exercise, a tall kneeling physio ball rollout, man, you, it's dynamic. You're moving, your arms are going, you got to rock forward. Like I don't want to have to also be coaching up, Hey, belt buckle the chin and keep that in position. I need you to have already understood it right. at that point in time before I, add in these next sort of factors that we're going to talk about. Awesome. Love it. I love <laughs> it. Creating competency to build. Yes, a hundred percent and giving them an environment, you know, a lot of times it's going to be more of the isometric or the static holds gives me the environment that slows things down enough that I give this person the opportunity to really process what I'm saying feel the position and understand what they're supposed to do rather than me making it a dynamic moving thing where they can't really feel that or dial in with it. Yeah. So I, I would assume that this has not always been your process, right? So tell me how you got from, man, I just saw this unbelievably difficult movement on Instagram. I'm going to do it with all my clients tonight. You know, on it. the floor. Um, to this process, this thorough, reasonable, well thought out process. 
what was your thought process in creating, well, maybe not creating it, but following somebody else's lead. Um, and, and what made you, uh, make the jump from not having a process. Yeah. And and building out that system and, you know, outside of the stuff you and I referenced before with stiffness and sort of like transfer of energy, you know, core training also is like, it's kind of fun. Like a lot of people enjoy it and like to have fun with it. And so you want to give them some different challenges. They like to participate. They like feeling their abs work. Um, and there's that enjoyable piece. So, you know, anybody, anybody on listening to this can be forgiven for getting bit by the, uh, fancy Instagram bug and seeing some exercise and hours later, asking your client or your member to do something you've seen there. We all kind of done that. Hey, yeah. And you know what? I, I put value to it because I feel like it's a a necessary part of learning to be a coach, right? You gotta, you gotta go through the bullshit and you gotta kind of make the same mistakes that everyone else is making. Maybe not. Maybe you talked to someone early on in your career, but it's very common. Um, I think it's a great way to learn and, uh, Never be ashamed of no, where you're coming 100%. from. A hundred percent. That was that was definitely part of the process, and I had to have a couple, you know, sort of awkward sessions where I I'd give somebody a uh, a movement I just saw that you know I I was able to execute okay because I experimented, but I, I live this, so I maybe have a little more skill set than the average bear coming into the gym. And now somebody's in there, and I give them this exercise, and I realize, man, I needed to establish A, B, and C before asking them to do this exercise, and now. I'm trying to throw a whole bunch of cues at them. And while the spirit and the intent was good that I wanted to give this person some variety, some engagement, something new and challenging, because I didn't have a good set of principles or systems, I just threw something that they hadn't done before on there. And all of a sudden, surprise, surprise, it was a little too advanced for them. And while it was challenging, they definitely didn't feel their abs because it was just too much going on. And so, yeah, I I sat there and I sat back and I thought, Hmm, okay, that's not working, but I want to be able to progress and challenge my members. So maybe I need to build out a true progression regression table of these different exercises. And that exercise, there's probably a way I can build that person to doing that advanced exercise, but it's definitely not jumping from where they are now to building there. I need to kind of create a list of progressions for this movement or this position. And then I kind of have a clear path of, okay, this next exercise is only a little more challenging. It's going to be new, dynamic, fun, and engaging, but it's going to be doable for this person. And once they build competency with that, I can keep progressing them and down the road as I've built them up, then I can have them do that advanced move. But I got a bunch of mileage out of my progression regression sheet. I didn't have to do a whole bunch of exhausting coaching because I was kind of picking the right exercises. And so when that exercise finally comes in down the line, the person feels awesome. They execute it with good competency and they have the appropriate sort of prerequisites to get them there. Yeah. And you know what? The client feels awesome, but how satisfying and how competent do you feel as a coach when you experience that? Because I tell you what, some of the worst experiences I had in the first year as a trainer were having, a, having something ready for the client and then putting them in, the, in a position to perform that exercise, yep. and they just can't do it. And then I didn't have right. that go-to. You know, I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm sweating from my face because Bob is, you know, just, he looks like an <laughs> right. octopus falling out of a tree yeah. and I don't know where to go. 
You know, I don't have, I don't have something ready, but when you have that system, man, it, it just makes, it makes everything easier. It makes everything easier for your clients because they have, they have a, a yes. clear path, right? It's either, it's, it's if yes. this, then that, if this, then that, and it makes your, it makes your coaching that much easier because you're ready to face anything you that it, comes man. your I, way. I think that's it. And, you know, on the, on the strength faction calls we've been doing, one of the biggest things I've been emphasizing for any of the coaches or trainers that don't have it is to write out their progression regression table because it kind of helps you see, okay, that's the system. You maybe have all the answers in your head, but you're going to waste a ton of mental energy if every time you have to go into your mental Rolodex of what exercise do I think is harder or easier than that? And if you take the time to truly actually write it out and have your list written out, now you kind of see the, the quality doesn't diminish at all, but you're saving all this sort of decision and mental fatigue and you can focus on the things you need to focus on, which is actually coaching in the moment rather than, oh crap, I need to make a quick decision and alteration here. Yeah. And I tell you what, I, I had a recent experience. I had a, a herniated disc in my back, um, was in a ton of pain, didn't know what it was at first, uh, went to a doctor eventually um, <laughs> yep. because I'm stubborn and a meathead uh, went to a doctor cause I literally couldn't walk. Um, and he had, you know, I had that client experience of, he had that route, mm-hmm. that path to find the answer. So I knew, you know, because he was okay, you know, he tried some things. Nope, not that. Okay. Let's try this. Boom. That. Oh yeah. I see what it is. So it, it, it built, it immediately built yep. trust between me, the uh, clients in pain, desperate for an answer, desperate to get help, much like our clients yes. often are driven to personal training because they're desperate for help. They've tried things. They haven't gotten the right answers. They're frustrated with what's going on. Um, so if you have that, that quick, without thought, answer and process to find the right thing for them at the right time, it just builds a way yep, better 100%. relationship. Right? And when I've done my due diligence to be able to pull those answers quickly, you want to know what, man? By being able to have the answers for the stuff I should have the answers for, frankly, it frees me up to say I don't know in a different situation if I don't have an answer, right? But if I don't have That's an answer across so the board, right. you're going you're gonna to start just making stuff up so you don't always have to say I don't know. But if this sort of stuff where you absolutely can have an answer by doing your due diligence – um, then when somebody asks a more complex question, I feel really comfortable just saying, you know what? I don't know because I had the answers to the stuff I should have had answers for. And I'm comfortable saying, I don't know for something I don't. That's yeah, fantastic I dig that, man. Point. Um, you know, and you were talking a little bit before about, yeah, having a clear path, having a clear system for deciding what's going to be harder or easier. And, you know, to that end, I'm, I'm, when I'm making decisions about what am I viewing as a harder or easier core exercise, there's definitely a subjective component there of just does it feel harder or easier, but that's not the only thing I'm, I'm using there. And, and when I'm, when I'm looking through those exercises, when I'm making those decisions, two of the major things I'm looking at are uh, physics and time under tension. And, and when I say physics, I'm talking as a dude who just couldn't like I did terrible in physics in high school. So you don't have to have a super high understanding of this, but physics from the, ex- from the extent of if I'm looking at a core exercise, 
am I increasing or decreasing the distance between two points of support, right? And so very, very yeah. simply, the further apart those two points of support are, the harder the exercise is. And so um, that's usually going to be either uh, a fixed thing where I'm just going to slowly be changing the position, or it's a dynamic thing where I'm actively lengthening and shortening that range of motion. And I'll talk about where that matters from paying attention to uh, technique. So if I have somebody doing a body saw, so body saw for us is we're on, uh, we're on turf in our space. We have turf. So I'm in a plank on my forearms and I have my feet on a slider and my chin is going to be hovering above my fist. And I'm going to push myself back so that I slide until my hands are about my forward and then pull forward. Now, I understand all while maintaining, all while maintaining that proper, that proper positioning. Uh, when we do, when I do the mini course in two weeks, I'm going to have Connor, our intern, he's going to be there demoing these exercises. So uh, I, I know that I, I won't go too in detail because I know it doesn't always come through through podcasts, but if you're on that mini course, I'm going to be actively demoing and pointing out like, Hey, this is exactly what I'm talking about. So for this example, for those who understand the body saw either by that, they know the exercise or that explanation. One of the things I'm going to be really watching in addition to, Hey, what I already cued this person about holding their hips in a good position, being in protraction with the shoulders is I'm going to be watching their feet because their level of sort of ankle dorsiflexion, where their foot, where their toes pointed needs to stay fixed. Cause if they're sliding backwards, that's going to lengthen or increase the lever length. And then they've got to pull themselves forwards. And if I kind of let my toes drag behind me when I do that, I'm not kind of actually increasing and decreasing the lever length, right? So I need to be aware of what could go wrong here. What sort of thing do I see is happening wrong? And like you referenced before, that's just a matter of getting the reps and being like, that didn't go that well. What did that person do wrong that I need to fix? And so mm -hmm. part of it's definitely getting the reps. But in that example, I'm going to be watching that specific thing. Or if somebody's doing an ab rollout or an ab wheel, I'm going to make sure that their hips stay forward through the movement because if they fold back and sit their butt back, again, they're manipulating physics in a way to make it easier on themselves. And I need to make sure that I'm bringing attention to the thing that maintains these principles of physics and increasing the distance between their two points of support that's going to make their abs work harder, which is what I want at the end of the day. So that's what I'm looking through from a physics perspective. And once I've established that and kind of progressed, okay, this exercise only moderately manipulates physics to increase the lever length to make this a harder exercise. This thing, it, it manipulates it a lot. So this is a progression. This is going to be viewed as a harder exercise, right? And I can look through my list of exercises and view the sort of distance I'm moving to determine is this harder or easier and then with the exercise or within the exercise time under tension is the other thing that I'm going to be looking at that's going to make an exercise harder from the very simple of a 30 second plank is easier than a 60 second plank because of time under tension the position is exactly the same nothing changes except the time I have to do it that's a very basic example but I could do uh, an exercise for example um, a plank with a one-arm row. That's one of our harder ones. So I'm down in a plank. I've got the pulley mm. in front of me. I could do it with a band or, or a cable, uh, very low height, and I'm reaching out right in front of myself. So I'm kind of what would be an overhead position, but I'm down prone, and I'm doing a one-arm row, right? So I might have them do eight reps. They got to keep their hips really level, eight reps on one arm, 
and then eight reps on the other arm. So there's the exercise. That's a hard ab exercise. But you want to know what would make it a game changer is if I maintain my plank when I went from the left arm to the right arm. And if that was just a little too tough, well, I could do my eight reps on the left arm, relax to my knees, catch my breath for a second, and then go to the right arm. And then come back up and then get my reps, right? That's going to be a little bit easier than maintaining a, maintaining a plank through the transition. The exercise, everything is the same. I just really increased the time under tension there. And that might sound simple, but those are the things I need to be paying attention to when I'm looking at an exercise and I'm determining, is this a progression or a regression? Does this go above or higher on the list or lower on the list than this other exercise? And I can, of course, subjectively go, it just feels harder, but I should probably dig a little th further and go, what, what's happening with the sort of lever length or, or like where my points of support are and what's happening with the time under tension that I have to do something here. And, and you know, that's very simple. Whenever there's a left, right component to it, it's like, okay, can you switch from the left, right side without any sort of turnover? Boom. You got an increase in time under tension. So it's not like there are these really hard to figure out things. Some of it is very low hanging fruit, but if I'm not being aware of it, uh, yes. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be able to point it out and change and change that stuff and kind of hold myself, hold my client or my members accountable to, Hey, do this the right way because we want to do this and make it a little bit harder. Or maybe it's new and I'm, Hey, make sure that you rest on your knees when you switch to each side, because I want you to recover for a moment before you go through. Um, but it's the awareness of those things that then allows me to change and manipulate them. And, you know, when, if I understand that principle of the physics and I understand that principle, the time under tension, that's where I can start to get really creative and maybe not go off the deep end, but start to come up with my own sort of core exercises or way of doing a core exercise because I understand those principles and I understand what could make an exercise easier or harder by manipulating those things. That was a great explanation. And I tell you what, I'm glad you, you broke that down a little bit. Cause the second you said <laughs> physics, uh, my, my knees buckled a little bit and my eyes rolled back into my head and I'm like, Whoa, but, and that's that's the truth of it is is I can if I put myself in the shoes of a you know coach sure. in their in the beginning of their career and I and I just heard you talk about that it could sound yes. pretty complicated but when you break it down and when you know in yes. mini course you're going to have visuals it really it's all is pretty man. Common it, sense it really stuff, is and that's right? why I, and that's why I encourage everybody to get on that mini course it's only a dollar to get in on the course because yeah, I'm going to show those live uh, versions of the movements. We're going to demo them live and I'm going to kind of bring attention to some of the different stuff. Like I know that, that Connor is all geared up for it because we recently, as an intern, I'm taking him, you know, I've taken him through all our exercises. So he's been exposed to all our core exercises. And that was one of the in-service days was a very involved. We went through all things core and uh, Connor's really into that stuff. He really likes all the course training. So I, I gave them all the little nitty gritty details of, hey, pay attention to this thing. This is the thing that changes whether this exercise is so-so or blows you up. And we were kind of joking at the end. He's like, it's kind of bad, though, because now I know all these things about how to make an exercise easier or harder. So now I can't kid myself when I'm doing them and be like, no, this is it. He's like, nope, you got to press your hands down two inches, and then you're really going to get the exercise. Um, 
But once you know those yeah. things on, and kind of see them in action and can just see, oh, hey, there's that little nuance change. Wow, that really altered the exercise. Um, you're going to look really smart. And that's cool, too, because if I train somebody, if I have a client who's maybe a little more difficult uh, and, and we've all had to train clients who are a little more difficult and maybe kind of think they know what they need and, and want to kind of call the shots a little bit, you know, core training is going to be one of those things. A lot of times they're going to want to do core stuff. And you're going to give it to them. And if you know what to highlight, what to point out, you can really blow their mind. And, and I, this is a perfect example because this literally just happened last night. I was coaching a member. They, it was their first time doing a physio ball plank. So that's where your feet are on the ground and your forearms are up on top of a physio ball or a Swiss ball, whatever you want to call it. And the position was pretty good, but her forearms were, were at a slight up angle. And so I said, hey, press your hands down just a little bit. I just want you to press your hands down until your forearms are horizontal, parallel with the ground. It's not that far. It's only an inch or two. And this person did it. And, and I'm not kidding mm. you, like collapsed to their knees because of how much that just put all the tension right into their abs, right? And we're just talking about a little tweak. But they, they then adjust and we're like, wow, that is no joke. And they kind of adjusted and got back up and they were prepared for it. And they were able to do it and they were kind of going, wow, that, that was a totally different exercise. If I have – go ahead. I tell you what, let's go back to the plank being one of the first things that I would, I would work with clients day one. Some of the biggest buy-in moments I've had with clients were oh, yeah. while teaching the plank and, and showing them what a real – what a, a true plank – and done how it's done correctly and what you, what that experience should be. I've had people, you know, go to the floor, come back up and be like, I have been working <laughs> out for X amount of years. I've never felt anything like that. Have I been doing it wrong all this time? That's where I usually say yes. And then like, but you you're know, not a bad person, a right? Or something. <laughs> kidding, kidding. Don't do that. Um, but yeah, it's it's if if you could teach the simple movements in a in in a way that shows them exactly how they're supposed to be done, yeah. like pressing your forearms down, like get getting the tension in a in a body plank, you're you're immediately going to get buy-in and and you know kind of increase your clients buy-in with what you're doing and yeah, your competency 100%. level as and, a coach. There's a gap from kind of understanding how the session should go to. How, how do I actually coach this? How do I instruct us to make this person get it, right? You know, I, I'm, I'm sure, you know, if anybody who's trained enough people, you've probably had that member is like, oh, yeah, I, I can do a plank for 15 minutes. And it's like, it's like well, you can, right. You're right. Like, you can do, do a something for 15 right, minutes. And, um, <laughs> you know, we won't go down the rabbit hole of, like, they're probably jamming their lumbar spine together to hold it together for that long. But you, you can you can inherently know, okay, that right. means this person isn't really doing a plank correctly. And and you in your head can know what a good plank should be and feel like, but there's still that bridge to get that their gap, there's still that gap to bridge of how do I instruct it? How do I get them into position? How do I make it so that they have to feel their abs? And do I know how to coach that, cue that up, get them into position? Um, because it's one thing to know, hey, that person's saying they can do a 15-minute plank. They need to understand what a real plank is. It's another thing to be able to succinctly and clearly instruct them in a position and cue them up and give them that come to Jesus moment where they go, oh, my God, I've, I've been doing it wrong the whole time. That felt like a totally different exercise. 
Yeah, and then you add the system on top of that. Not only do you have that one wow moment, but then you have a path to competency to higher and higher levels. Yes, sir, right, and and it can be infinite because, like we said, core stuff, if you understand those principles of position and posture, manipulating physics, and time under tension, you can get creative. And I, 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 when I was thinking about it, I was like, oh, it's the three Ps, like position, posture, that's one, physics, and then time under tension. So I'm going to uh, copyright those. Wait, I, I said wait, position, did you say posture, physics, physics, you got it. That's a and then, keyword? and then oh. the time under tension, oh. because I don't know what to do with that one. Yeah. Put time under tension. Those are the three P's of core training. Cool. <laughs> gotcha. I love it, man. And, and I, I tell you what, I'm, I'm pumped up for, for this now because you just reminded me of all these things, all these things that I've discovered in the years I've been training that, and it's that's what makes me excited about doing yes it. that's what that has kept me engaged and i feel like has kept me going uh you know in an industry where the yeah, what's the industry like average it's, it's, it's a, a quick turnaround and quick burnout yeah my man i'm going on 20 years um and it's like i still i get the goosebumps when you talk about those light bulbs going off and then you know the, just the feeling i just i remember the feeling that i had as a coach right not only because i just helped my my client out tremendously but just having this these systems in place and having this thought yes. process and how i'm going to attack a very important goal of gaining competent core competency um just makes you feel electric yeah, and it yeah, just makes, you just want to do it all the time. Yeah, you feel good once you once you're rolling with how to coach it and how to cue it up. It's it it's awesome and and right to that point once you're confident with that system it frees you up to be a little more relaxed, a little more engaged of a coach because you're not quickly scrolling through your mental Rolodex trying to come up with an answer. You've got a system, you just execute that system and you get to focus on being in the moment and helping people kick ass and crush their goals. Yeah, or even worse, <laughs> just head nodding and smiling while right. Bob is as you're quick trying to be L5 like, I don't really know back. what to say, so I'm just going to stand here and stare. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're doing great job, great job. Um, well, that's great. Me man. too. Uh, I I'm pumped about this. Can yes, we, sir. Can we wrap up with three questions? All right, all right. The first two don't matter that much. First question. Yes, Connor's your your intern, correct? Can we expect that Connor's going to be in costume? Might as well. I mean, that's kind of part of the deal with being an intern, right? I would recommend yeah. something like WWE inspired, so that we get a full I think we view have of to. his positioning for, for, and his for I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Hundred percent. I just wrote a note down. Do what you want. Well. I just have my it. opinion on what would be right. Uh, number two, Rocky Four soundtrack, best ever. There's one right answer. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm gonna say no. Your yeah, hesitation I'm sorry. automatically yeah. puts you I'm at the fault there. Um, yeah, well, I, well, what would you go? You know, with? If we, we really go, go down from a from a top to bottom. I I am a little partial to uh, the Top Gun soundtrack, but that may be because I'm on a Kenny Loggins kick right now. I don't like his hits, but some of his deeper cuts, not too bad. So that's it. I'm. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, your heart, your your heart <laughs> certainly so isn't on fire. I'll tell you that much. I gotta give you my. I gotta give you the honest That's answer. A, oh, don't don't apologize to me. Don't don't apologize to me. Yeah, I just I'm good. I, I have I, to I know what's good now, right? Apologize to yourself. Yeah. yeah, that's terrible. I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Ross. Question three: When is this going down? Yes, sir. What time? So how do this is going down on Thursday, March twenty fifth. Uh, I believe we're going to run it at two p.m. Central Time. Uh, that's kind of our usual. It'll be around that sort of early afternoon time if it's not exactly at that. And uh, you can sign up. Uh, you can go to Strength Faction and uh, go to the website and you can find the mini course there. Um, and we have an online Facebook group where everything's posted. So once you sign up for the mini courses, uh, it's, it's a dollar for a full month of access. You not only uh, will be able to get on this call, get on this course with me, ask questions live and follow up. You're going to get access to all of our previous courses, which includes the videos, um, any, any documents that go with it, any PDFs of slides that were presented or anything. So you can squeeze a whole bunch of value out of uh, just spending $1 here. Yeah, that's pretty insane. That's the own fitness, if I do say so myself. Pretty insane. Yeah, and I tell you what, buddy, while your taste <laughs> in music is more than questionable, um, I think you have a ton of knowledge and, uh, and insight to share with trainers. And I'm really excited to hear your talk. Uh, and I'm very appreciative of uh, having Absolutely. the opportunity Nothing to work but with love. you. In the I really appreciate it. And I am, uh, like you said, I'm more than excited to kind of share this system and, uh, and, and help people take what they already know, just refine it a little bit, and then put it into a system that makes doing their job easier. That's, that's really what we want to accomplish on that, on that call. My man. Tell you what, it. I'm sold. I'm going to be there. I love it, man. I thank you. Awesome. And, Thanks uh, so much, Mike. I look forward to seeing you soon, bud. Bye.